Hi, this is Father Leonard, and this is The Parish Life. Hey, it is Monday. Today is President's Day, and I'm happy to say that in a couple of days, Ash Wednesday. But before even that, what do we have? We have Mardi Gras coming up tomorrow, Tuesday. And I always like to treat my uh, parishioners with something special. And so tomorrow, Tuesday, on Mardi Gras Day, since uh, many of us are giving up sweets and things of that sort, I thought it would be nice to indulge in coffee and donuts tomorrow right after the Mass. So we're going to have some fun doing that. But we are going now into Lent. I cannot believe that we are going into Lent already. It's the middle of February. Actually, it's almost the end of February. We're going into Lent. We just finished doing Christmas and all that other stuff, and yet here we are. I mean, we did Epiphany and all that, and here we are. We're in the end of February, the middle of February, actually, and we are now going into Ash Wednesday. And there are many people out there who are not familiar with Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation like some uh, things are in the church, but for some reason— and I'm not complaining. God knows I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm not complaining as the fact is that people come to this. Lots of people come to Ash Wednesday. And uh, I don't know what it is. They don't come to Mass, hardly come to Mass, or, or they miss out on Holy Days of Obligation. But for some reason, people have to be here to get their ashes. And I've always found that amazing when I see long lines of Catholics and even non-Catholics um, coming into the church and wanting to get ashes. They want to, re- they want to receive ashes. So th- there's something going on that I haven't yet figured out, and it's something I'm going to try to figure out someday in my life, uh, preferably sooner than that. Anyway, there's a couple little things I wanted to talk to you about. For one thing, one, uh, I want you all to say a prayer for Bishop Dave O'Connell, who was murdered. Uh, He's the Auxiliary Bishop of Los Angeles. It's in the southern part of the state. Say a prayer for him. Um, I just read that uh, they caught the person who killed him. Uh, No details have yet come out as to what the motive was for that, if it was just a robbery or or was it gang-related, because I've heard many stories of Bishop Dave, uh, uh, he was a priest before he was made an uh, auxiliary p- bishop. He was a priest uh, in a very poor neighborhood, and he actually managed to be a mediator between gang members and the police and other th- things going on. So uh, he was actually very he was a he was influential in helping to keep the peace. And he did, from what I read, he was very good at doing that. So please keep him in your prayers and his family and also the people who loved him down in Southern California. Keep keep him in your prayers as, as we keep all, uh, as we keep all of people in violent areas uh, in our prayers, okay? So um, let's talk about this. What is Ash Wednesday? Ash Wednesday, it's an imp- it's important because it marks what the start of the Lenten season, leading up to Easter. 
when Christians, all Christians believe that Jesus was resurrected. And we all believe that, all Christians do. The ashes themselves represent two things. One, death. Okay, we think of ashes, we think of death. And the other thing too, because this is the beginning of a time for penance. So the ashes represent both death and repentance. And during this period, many of us, we show repentance and mourning for the sins that we committed because uh, we believe that Christ died for our sins, right? So we think of that and we remember that during this period of time. Now, what, what does the priest do? Well, it's not just the priest who applies ashes uh, to the foreheads of people. We have many people, Eucharistic ministers and volunteers, to help out the priest in distributing these ashes. And we apply the ashes um, in this, in the, um, as a cross, uh, to look like a cross on your forehead, okay? And what we say is, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Or sometimes we say the shorter one, it's like, repent and believe in the gospel. And I personally... I personally like the latter one uh, than the other. Repent and believe in the gospel. It's not required that worshipers wear the ashes for the rest of the day, but I think most people do. I don't think they come in here, uh, take the ashes, and then wipe them off. I think many of us want to keep those ashes on, not to uh, embarrass or shame other people, but because we feel that, you know what, it's just one day. Let's leave the ashes on no matter what, right? Right. It is not required that we wear the ashes for the rest of the day, although many of us choose to do so. And However, dining out uh, or not essential shopping are considered inappropriate to do on Ash Wednesday. So when you do Ash Wednesday, we, okay, observe Ash Wednesday. Remember that's a time of, it's a period of time the, at the beginning of the season to uh, reflect on the things that you have done, that you feel that you failed somebody or you didn't help somebody out or something like that. This should be a period of time for all of us to stop for a moment and think of how we can be better Christians, better Catholics at uh, at this. And, you know, again, there's no such thing as a perfect Christian, right? There's no such thing as perfection in who we are, but there is perfection in only one, and that is God. God the Father, right? Exactly. Traditionally, ashes are used on uh, Ash Wednesday, and they are gathered up after palms from the previous year's Palm Sunday. You know, if you all know, if you go to Mass on uh, Palm Sunday, you'll see all of those palm leaves. And many of them are returned or they're left behind. Now, I have never, actually, I've, I tried one year to burn ashes and collect them. And it was just a total mess, total mess. So I decided, you know what, I just am not going to do that again this year. So I would rather just buy them. And I think that's probably good. Now, the other thing is that they are blessed before being used in the ceremony. So there is just uh, after the homily of the Mass on Wednesday, the priest uh, will bless 
the ashes just before distribution, okay? So um, the palms are used on Palm Sunday, okay? And in many Christian churches, it symbolizes Jesus' triumphant uh, entry into Jerusalem on the Sunday prior to his crucifixion. Residents of Jerusalem are said to have waved palm fawns to celebrate his arrival. So if you look at the story, if you read the Gospels, you'll, you'll read that, um, that they laid these palm fronds on the, on the street as Jesus is riding his um, donkey, uh, and he's wearing purple, and he's uh, riding through the city as triumphantly coming back in, right? Okay. So um, now the other thing is about Ash Wednesday— um, we're not supposed to eat meat on that day. And then after uh, each Friday, we are prohibited from eating any kind of meat. Um, that's a sacrifice that we do, and I think it's uh, appropriate and proper. Although I know many of my Irish brothers and sisters, uh, fortunately in my diocese, our bishop has given us a dispensation for that Friday for the St. Patrick's Day um ceremony, dinner, that is, and uh, and I'm always up for something like that. I don't mind having a nice corned beef and uh, potatoes and cabbage and Irish soda bread, which is my favorite, and a nice tall, icy cold Guinness. Um, but, you know, on, on all Fridays after um, Ash Wednesday, we should not be consuming meat. We should eat fish or some sort of vegetarian type of thing. We're also supposed to, we're supposed to cut back a little bit on our consumption of food. So, you know, we can cut back to like two meals a day, no snacks in between. And, uh, you know, that helps us, it helps us out a, a lot in terms of a couple of things. One is it helps us with our understanding of how other people around the world, or even here in our own backyard, that you know they go a lot of the times without. Or the other thing too is to, uh, and when we do that, you know we're we're encouraged to take the money that we would normally have spent on whatever the meal was, and take that and donate it to the poor. And I know many of my parishioners have been doing a fantastic job of taking their money, you know, whatever it is, and uh, purchasing Safeway and Target gift cards and then donating them. And then we, in turn, take it and take it down the street to the St. Vincent de Paul Pantry. And they are so grateful for my parishioners purchasing these uh, gift cards. Last um, couple of months ago, I think, six months ago now, um, we actually donated $3,200 in uh, Safeway gift cards, and so they were very pleased with, with that. Now, again, getting back to the meals. So we're encouraged to take two smaller meals, okay, that don't uh, together add up to a full meal uh, are also allowed. So, so, you know, so fasting means consuming only one full meal a day. Meaning, you know, it could be a, a, a big lunch and then something smaller at, at, uh, in the evening or the other way around. But, you know, the church encourages us to cut back to two meals a day 
uh, that would be part of our, our fasting. But, you know, one of the things that I do for myself, and I encourage others to do it, and that is, you know, if you're going to give something up, replace it with something else. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm encouraging you to think about this. And one of the things that I like doing is if I'm giving up sweets or an activity that I enjoy or cutting back on how much I consume, one of the things that I, I do is I look for something, spiritual readings, throughout the whole uh, period, the whole 40 days of fasting, I look for spiritual reading. And I've had many parishioners already come up to me asking me or, or um, suggesting something for them to read. And, um, you know, I didn't bring a, any books with me today. But there, are, if you go online, you can find a ton of spiritual readings. Um, now, you don't have to look for these really uh, intense uh, types of prayers, but just something that um, that are, um, oh, what can I say? Uh, all you need to do is just find a good spiritual book. And uh, there's so many Catholics, uh, Catholic writers out there. You know, I'll name two. Uh, Thomas Merton uh, is one of my favorite uh, spiritual fathers. He writes, uh, he writes a lot of stuff that is comprehensible to a lay person. Uh, even to myself as a religious, uh, I read a lot of his, I have a whole, almost a whole library of just his material. And I read a lot of his stuff. Um, there are numerous books written by Pope Benedict XVI that is, um, easy to read it's not that difficult and uh which but it gives you the opportunity to sit there and read about what is it that uh, benedict is trying to convey to us through his writings john paul ii is another who is an excellent writer and has done many good things in, in terms of spirituality um and uh we have and then we have catholic authors like uh like C.S., uh, like Chesterton, and, and um, oh, um, I'm trying to think of some names right now on top of my head. Um, um, uh, can't think of anything right now. Anyway, next time I'll be a little bit prepared, better prepared, okay? But anyway, I'm just talking about um, Lent anyway. So, you know, there's a lot of things. If you go onto our website, I'm going to have a list of uh, spiritual books for you to look up. Um, if that's, uh, you can reach us at, uh, www.stanneswc.org. That's S-T-A-N-N-E-S-W-C.org. Look on there under spiritual, um, suggestions or something like that. I, wait, I don't know what it is. We haven't put that up yet. It's going up, uh, either, actually it'll be going up on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Okay. Now getting back to... Uh, fasting. Uh, the children and elderly are, are exempt from this fasting requirement on Ash Wednesday and during Lent. Unless, you know, I know some of you are older parishioners or older people out there, and, uh, you know, you are exempt, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. If you feel you can, then again, I encourage you to do that, okay? Now, there are some of our brother, uh, Protestant brothers and sisters, you know, Anglicans, Episcopalians, Lutherans, 
uh, United Art, uh, United Artists, United Methodists and Presbyterians. They also have worship services on Wednesday, and they do distribute that. Again, let's get back to what is you know Ash Wednesday. A lot of people, for whatever reason, some that aren't even Catholic or Christian, they come for ashes. So there is something special about the application and the understanding and the symbolism of what Ash Wednesday is. I think what it is, it reminds people of their mortality. We all don't want to think about it. You know, we, we could die tomorrow. I could die right after this podcast. We don't want to think about it. But the reality is all of us will go home. All of us will die. And so this one time, this one time during the year reminds us of that mortality. But I don't want this I don't want this to be gloomy and it shouldn't. It should just be a reminder that you know we we are not here for long and that the time that we are here we should spend time being good to each other, being respectful and kind and assisting and helping each other always, not just this time, but always helping each other. So, but a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters do observe this period of time as a time of remembrance, a time of repentance. You know, all of these things help us to um, become better Christians, I think, in many ways. So um, the other thing, too, is I've heard people say things like um, that Ash Wednesday is based on uh, a pagan festival. That's just nonsense. I mean, that's just absolute uh, utter nonsense. Uh, early Christians in Rome were sprinkled with ashes during Lent, but the Ash Wednesday practice itself of placing ashes on the forehead of Christians didn't begin until the Middle Ages, you know? So it wasn't until the Middle Ages, but there was in the early church in Rome itself where they were being sprinkled with ashes. Ash Wednesday is one of the most important dates on the Christian Catholic calendar because it marks the start of Lent. Okay, Lent is a six-week period of fasting uh, or self-sacrifice, uh, prayer, almsgiving, very important to observe by, is observed by, uh, by Christians each year. And this is in preparation for the celebration of Easter, when we all believe that Christ rose from the dead to sit at the right hand of God, um, the Father, our Lord in heaven. Lent is celebrated uh, over 46 days, and it includes 40 days of fasting and six Sundays on which fasting is not practiced. You know, the good thing about this is that Sunday is not included in that, and so uh that one, that one day we are able to indulge just a little bit. But again, you know, I encourage you during this period of time to even observe a little bit of that, even on Sunday. You know, I'm tr I I know I'll probably I'll probably mess things up. I'll probably be weak. I know I am, and I'll probably have something sweet during that time. But my goal is not to indulge and that sort of thing, and replace it with more spiritual reading, more spiritual reading, which is very important if we are really, truly, uh, if we tr really, truly want to 
make this sacrifice. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> I left my phone on. My fr a friend of mine was trying to text me. Anyway, uh, hold on. So, let's get back to that. Didn't mean to be interrupted. The last six weeks of period of fasting or self-sacrifice is prayer and almsgiving, and it's observed by all Christians each year to prepare for the celebration of the upcoming Easter when we all believe that Christ rose from the dead. The 40-day period has a special significance in both the Old and New Testaments. For instance, Moses spent 40 days and nights with God on Mount Sinai in preparation to receive the Ten Commandments. Jesus also is depicted as being led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. So we have this, these two examples in both the Old and the New Testament. Many people want to know what they should give up for Lent to prove their devotion. And many people give up things that they love, such as candy or sweets, favorite foods, television, social media, which I really encourage all of us to get away from. And the reason for this sacrifice, the self-sacrifice, is so that we can replicate the hardships felt by Jesus during his time in the wilderness. And I think it's important that we understand what Christ was going through, although what we go through is nothing really in comparison to what he went through and the, and the passion that he went through, this crucifixion, and all of the pain that his mother Mary went through as well. We can't imagine any of that, but each of us as Christians should make some kind of commitment during this time to sacrifice things that we love and all of that. So we need to get rid of that. So anyway, hold on a second. Anyway, <laughs> had something on my, yeah, whatever. Anyway, I hope that this little thing here about sacrifice and fasting, uh, encourages you. But one more thing before I go. In addition to the sacrifice that you're making, whatever monies you save from not eating as much, think about some think about giving it to the poor. Alms giving is a big part of who we are as Catholics. This is a big part of who we are as Christians, is to give of ourselves and to give whatever we can to support our brothers and sisters out there. Anyway, this is Father Leonard. I'm wishing you a wonderful beginning of Lent. Tomorrow is Mardi Gras. Eat as much of the sweets as you can. But after that, join me in fasting. You take care. God bless. Again, this is Father Leonard, and this is The Parish Life. Bye-bye.